Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett-Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am having more fun in my sobriety than ever before. As of this recording, I am 71 days sober and fresh back from SoberCon and ready to share. Now, what is SoberCon? It is a name that I made up because I'm learning about our practices of anonymity, but it is a conference about being sober, and I also just find that that is a better name. I love my Comic-Cons and my PodFest cons, and so SoberCon is what I'm saying I went to. It was a week-and-long sobriety conference, and I went solo, and so I was kind of jotting down my thoughts and feelings while I was there so I can share them all with all of you. Now, going solo was both an empowering experience uh, as well as nerve-wracking at times. I am really comfortable behind a microphone normally, and when I'm in one-on-one situations, I am very friendly and outgoing, but in situations where I am in large groups of people, especially a lot of people there came with their home groups or they came with their friends or they came with their partners, or they came with their family members. Being by myself, it was a very overwhelming, the idea of going up to people. It was one thing going up to people at PodFest because you can ask anyone there about what their podcast is about and then they'll ask you about yours and you instantly have something to talk about. And even with Comic-Con, you can oftentimes find something that people are dressed up on or wearing to talk about their fandom and your fandom. It was a little different in an environment where learning about my sobriety and myself in my sobriety, and it just didn't seem as appropriate or cool for me just to go up to people and ask them, you know, how long they've been sober and how much of a mess they were when they were a drunk like me. You know, I don't know. It didn't seem like a lot of other people were doing that or going out of their way to be social. So it was a great experience. The meetings and the speakers and the workshops and the entertainment were all great, though. And it definitely was something that empowered me going alone. But it also helped me realize that I do need to get more connected in my local community. So I will be planning some things locally as well as making sure that I'm attending in-person meetings as well as the Zoom ones that I've considered home For me, I did end up having some great speakers, though, that I went to attend, as well as meetings. The speakers, my favorite, was actually a family member of an alcoholic, giving her perspective on what it was like going through the marriage, the courtship, the relationship, and ultimately the end. And it just provided me an idea into what my husband might have gone through. He 
doesn't really share a lot about his thoughts and feelings in my sobriety. I know that I hurt him a whole lot. He was probably one of the biggest victims of my sobriety, but just like with alcoholics, we can't get help until you want to be helped. I know he needs to heal from some of that pain, but hopefully he'll find the steps that he needs to heal when he's ready. It was just a really inspiring message that she gave. And then there were a lot of great people that had a lot of things to say. You can tell that they got some big names for these speeches, and it's because these are a lot of people who will said even during their talks that they will fly around the country or world at times doing talks. They do it because they're entertaining and engaging. And that was true for pretty much every single person there. But more than one of the straight old white men made homophobic jokes during their share, oftentimes coming from a place of insecurity, I'm sure. However, it was uncomfortable in those times, not only that the joke was made, but that it was so well received by the audience. Now I realize that I was in North Florida, and unlike the rest of the country in Florida, we joke that the the further north you go, the more south you get. So it wasn't exactly like it was a, you know, a safe place. Well, it, it was a safe place for the LGBT plus community, but it wasn't exactly like we were in Orlando or Sarasota or one of the more f- f- gay friendly and queer friendly communities. But it just was disheartening when they cracked those jokes to have the entire audience burst out in laughter because, you know, heaven forbid a a straight person wake up next to a person of the opposite gender after a long bender and what that might have meant for them because, oh no, it was just a little ridiculous at points. It didn't take away from the overall experience of my time there because I'm learning not to hold on to resentments. But it was something that made me realize how important it is to have people from our community talking about our experiences getting and staying sober. There's a need for podcasts like this, and there is a need for speakers and groups and conventions and meetings for people like us. Which brings me to the workshops and entertainment. There was an LGBT plus workshop. It was a great mix of questions and answers, as well as people getting up to share their experiences being queer in recovery. A lot of it was talking about the programs and steps that people were working and what it was like working with a uh, member of the same sex as a sponsor versus opposite sex. And how it kind of goes against the traditional reasons why you wouldn't want to have a male or a female sponsor if you were of the opposite gender because nothing in any sort of structure says that that's required for sponsorship and it's something that made me think on it because I know that so far I've been looking at you know talking with people who are significantly older than me where the attraction isn't there. But I can certainly imagine how complicated it would be if I was looking up to someone who I was also physically attracted to. So I am thankful that I am not in that situation, but it does pose some interesting questions. Overall, though, the general consensus of the community that is that it is great having spaces for us in the queer community that are also sober because it does overlay a lot of the time. But also, ultimately... That shouldn't stop us from having to go to quote-unquote straight meetings or straight groups or straight workshops because ultimately whether you're gay, straight, bisexual, trans, cis, you know, it all, we're all alcoholics. That's why we're in these meetings. That's why we're listening to these podcasts. This is why we're trying to to get better and do better is because we're either alcoholics or alcohol curious, you know, on whether or not you have a problem with it. And so with that... At least in my experience, having the LGBT plus groups and meetings and socials are what got me more comfortable 
in the other groups because my first meeting or two that I went to were not specialized in any way, shape or form. And I wasn't able to connect as well. And now that I've had my share, fair share of experiences within our community with meetings and groups, it does make it more accessible because I was able to learn about the program using language that I understand with people I feel comfortable with that made me feel safe to open up. Sharing in meetings is still nerve wracking at times, but I end up feeling more comfortable with it the more that I do it. And I feel most comfortable doing it in my home groups that I've gotten to know. So I will continue to try and get better at that in person. But yes, certainly finding your community is important in your sobriety. Meanwhile, probably my favorite workshop that we did was Drop the Rock. That was a phrase that I wasn't really familiar with before, but it is uh, the whole idea of the workshop was to let go of deep resentment. In the workshop, people talked about the resentments and where they stem from and what they look like and how they can be and how they can feel and what they do to you the longer that you hold on to them. And they had us write out some of our resentments. And I didn't realize how many I had before I had the pen hit the paper. And I was like, oh, no, I filled up my little sheet of paper. But then probably one of the most rewarding parts of that experience was that we did then write our number one resentment that we had on that list on the rock. We were able to, because we were luckily right by a river, able to go outside as a group of easily over 150, almost 200 people probably, and one by one or all together throw our rocks with a resentment that was written on it into the ocean or the river, whatever it was. It was water that was running and it was big enough to feel like an ocean. (laughs) But it was just a really powerful experience. I know that I've always been a problem drinker. I've always been an alcoholic from the very first drink that I had. But I also realized that it really got worse after my failed adoption. It was something that I was looking forward to in one way, shape, or form for most of my life. And there was a lot of resentment over it. There was resentment over the people who organized the adoption. There was resentment over myself for my part in having it not work out. There was resentment for my husband, although not half as much as anyone else involved because he really was amazing through the entire thing. And then the biggest resentments were towards the the young girl herself. And while she wasn't young, she was 17 to 18 at the time. By the time it all blew up, she was still young. And we were still young as parents. And it just was not meant to be. It was all part of my higher powers plan to get me to where I am today, where I will be taking it one day at a time and whatever my future holds. I can't resent the people, places, or things involved in that traumatic experience anymore. And so I wrote them out on the rock, and I threw it. And as soon as that rock hit the water, I actually felt a difference. And so it's a useful tool to be able to do it when just trying to let go through talking it out through yourself or going through therapy doesn't work. I definitely would highly recommend writing them all out, choosing one or two, writing them on rocks, and throwing them into the deep blue sea. And then there was some entertainment there. If you can call it that, the the history play was very boring. It was pretty much just someone read a chapter from a book that we're all very familiar with out loud. 
But the funniest part was they did a musical on the last night where they were taking pop songs and top 40 songs from right now and rapping about sobriety with them or singing about sobriety. And it was one of those situations where, like, the lines were so corny, the costumes, people were dressed up in it pretty much like it was almost reminded me of In Love Actually when they had the Christmas play and they had kids that were wearing whatever kind of costumes they wanted to wear. It was very much that where there was, like, a baby toad costume and grapes and a dinosaur and a whole bunch of, like, what the fuck kind of costumes going around while they were, you know rapping Lizzo about, like, changing Lizzo's words about, you know, her sexuality into, you know, and her sexiness into being about sobriety or, you know, just it was one of those things where it was so campy and over the top. They all were having the best time of their lives, even though it was just an absolute train wreck. And I, I really did love it more than I should have. It was one of those situations where it goes all the way around to being good again. So I'm really thankful for that. And overall, I'm just really thankful to have had this experience. Like I said, it was uh, nerve wracking at times being by myself, putting me out of my comfort zone, but I made it through and I would do it again. I actually am looking forward to my next conferences. Uh, I'm expecting by then to have more of a local community where I have that uh, companionship to go with me, hopefully. And I'll also be more comfortable in myself and my sobriety as I continue working these steps and taking it one day at a time. So I wanted to hear from you guys and the girls and, you know, all of our listeners to let me know what conferences or meetups you like going to. Maybe there's one that you would recommend for me to check out. And maybe if you do, you would see me there. So if you're interested in that or sharing your story or getting involved with the show, you can email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow us wherever you're listening to get new episodes every Monday and every Thursday. I look forward to having our next guest on for Thursday's episode. And until that time, stay sober, friends.